0: Alright, what is this? Episode four. 4. Episode 4. Going strong. Four deep on Wednesday night. Well, it's only two deep of people tonight. Yeah, we'll no
1: abandon us.
0: No guests for the first time. Troy. Troy's busy with the Troy stuff. He's out.
1: He's out about on the town being in an acquaintance.
0: Yeah, doing a acquaintance stuff. Um. We'll get some people for next week, maybe. Maybe somebody's birthday's next week. Maybe he'll come on. Yeah. Um, but this is episode four, Channel 79. Like we always say, you listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever else you listen to, podcasts. Uh, we're probably going to be there. So just search Channel 79 in the search bar, click it, listen to the episode. Um, we got the WordPress kicking. We had a good, uh, we had a good story on USC. I don't know what our next content's gonna be, but we'll figure something out. We got the Twitter at ch79pod. So follow that. Tweet us. Tell us what to talk about. If we don't have any ideas, those are always helpful. Website that um, people can go and donate donate money to us to fund our. Fund our podcasts, fund our future endeavors, uh, if, you know, whatever. whatever you, tell us what you want to spend your money for because you don't even know what we want to spend it for. So we'll tweet that out. We'll, maybe we'll put it on the website. It's pretty simple. It's just a website. You can search Channel 79 there too. Uh, donate some money or not. You know, just say what's up. That's cool too. So we covered last week UFC 211. The card happened. The card was was good. Um, a lot of good fights on the pay-per-view. We covered the players for you last week a little bit. We had um, a little predictions from our golf insiders. Uh, They didn't do too well picking a winner. Si Woo Kim ended up winning. Uh, Nobody picked him, but we're going to try to do better. Yeah, Nobody picked Si Woo Kim. Kim.
1: Yeah, nobody's picking anybody from Korea, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, Unfortunately, but uh, we're going to get them back on or get them on I guess for the US Open and uh hopefully they can do better for us there. Uh we talked to retirement, that went smooth, gave a nice speech, fans came out and supported him on the Yankees doubleheader. Um I think
1: the Yankees lost both those games, didn't they?
0: They won the first one. I, oh, I think they lost the second one. Yeah. So they split, not bad. Um I heard some news today that Dana reached McGregor's side of the deal for the super fight with Mayweather, and Mayweather said today that he still has not been contacted by Dana, so that's what's holding up the fight. I don't yeah. know if you heard anything about that.
1: Teddy Teddy Atlas, who's you know famous boxer, uh, boxing uh, trainer slash announcer, I think he kind of said that he doesn't think he still doesn't think it's gonna happen, so. I don't know. We'll see. I guess there's, you know, there's plenty of people on both sides that say it's going to happen and say it's not going to happen. Same with, you know, the same people are on the side of saying whether Floyd will win or McGregor will win. I just, I don't know. At this point, I'm getting sick of it. This is kind of the, you know, the same act that Floyd and Manny went through. So I wish they would just agree or just not do it. I mean, dragging everybody along isn't. Isn't fun for us. It's at least it's not fun for me.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the kind of how they work in in boxing and in UFC mm-hmm. now too. Kind of you know draw it out. Um, I I think the fan support is there either way. It Doesn't need the extra hype.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like, everybody, everybody like,
1: knows about this now. If you're a sports fan, you know about this now. They don't need to draw it out any further. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. So I think if if that is you know if Dana hasn't reached out to Mayweather yet. Um, I think that is the well. It, it should sort of happen soon anyway. I know on the Ariel Hawani's show, he said it. He's been quoted as saying, "I don't know if he's been quoted as saying, but he's been saying it's it is close. It is getting closer. You know, every, if it does get a date, you know, get the paper signed, we'll have a a big show for that. Whenever, yeah. whenever it'll be. I mean, it, it won't be for a while, but we'll we'll plan something for that.
1: I mean, if it does happen though it's gotta it's gotta happen next may right i mean that's that's manny or that's well, um, may,
0: well that's maybe where may they only fight in what, may and november so
1: well next year it's on saturday or cinco de mayo is a saturday so i mean it just like that's when it's going to happen if it's going to happen in my opinion i mean so yeah obviously there's a lot of time until then we're in may now i mean it's a full year away so in my opinion that's when it's going to happen i know that's You know that's a little bit lame people want to see it now but that's if Mayweather's going to go for the 50th win he's claimed that May is his month and he's always done it around Cinco de Mayo so I think that's when it's going to happen if it's going to happen
0: yeah I think I looked back a a while or you know a little bit ago when this was started you know talk started happening and I I think like his last dozen fights either fought in May or September or something like that so Mm -hmm the September day was taken by Triple G and Canelo so you're right, it'll probably be May Cinco de Mayo, you know Vegas sold out, all that kind of good stuff so they got time but they gotta get the papers and all that stuff done mm-hmm. um, some NFL news, LeGarrette Blunt to the Eagles this afternoon was broken what do you think about the fit there?
1: Uh, they definitely needed they definitely needed a blunt to go with sproles and smallwood (laughs) you know we can call them zigzags if we want but yeah i just they they haven't really had a power runner in a while i mean i know math ryan matthews was um i mean he was the by default because he was the bigger of the backs between him and sproles but
0: we haven't had sproles uh is ryan matthews oh matthews
1: matthews i don't i don't think matthews is still there um, okay. I'm not really sure where he went if he did go anywhere. Um but yeah, I I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it. I like the fit a little bit, but um oh, it does it does say Matthew's is still on the Eagles. Um I do okay. I like the fit a little bit, but I think people are, you know, talking about Garrett Blunt's year last year, and I think he had like some ridiculous number of touchdowns. Like it might have been um, like 18, if I think I remember that right. And, oh, I, and, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, to me, it's like that's just not going to happen again. He's probably a career average five or six touchdown guy. So, if you're an Eagles fan or anybody out there that thinks that he's going to come in and even get double digit, like I would be surprised if he got half of that total from last year. So, like I said, I'm I'm on the fence about it. I don't mind it. So I guess. My opinion is that it was a good move. If I absolutely hated it, then I would think it was a bad move, but at least up front, it doesn't seem like too terrible of a deal. And plus, it's only a one year deal, so if he's not doing the job mid season, just get rid of him. You know, it's one of those type of situations.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at his stats. He had 1,200 yards and 18 touchdowns, which is a sneaky, amazing year, really. I mean, you wouldn't think he had that many yards or touchdowns, really, but.
1: How many touchdowns um, did he
0: have? Eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I just so that's yeah, that's super impressive.
1: Yep. And I, I just think it was a little bit inflated. Um, uh, you know, he's in a good situation in New England, and but, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening again. And I would be surprised. My, my bet is eight. You know, if it was over and under it was eight and a half touchdowns, I would take the under for next year.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. You know, he's not going to put up 18 again, but mm-hmm. eight, eight eight's a good ballpark number for him there, and that's another weapon for the um, for Wentz there, the young yeah. quarterback.
1: It's definitely nice to have at the goal line. You don't got to worry about run and play actions because you know you yeah, don't Darren fade Yeah, if you have Darren Sproles <laughs> in the backfield, I'm pretty sure teams aren't going to worry about jamming the line. So that is a nice yeah, addition d- for that perspective.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said it's a one-year deal. They really can't go can't go wrong mm-hmm. if he if he's not producing. Yep. Um so that's that's all the news I have. I don't know if you have anything before we hop in here.
1: Nope. I mean, I think we covered about everything.
0: Yeah. All right, I'm just going to mention the uh, Penguin series tied one to one with the Senators in the East Finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs
1: not after tonight.
0: No, not after tonight. Currently, <laughs> I just switched it over. Still four nothing. We have Ouch. six minutes left in the second period. Flurry's been pulled. Uh, I forget the guy, the other goalie's name.
1: Oh, is it
0: Miller or something? Uh
1: Murray or
0: Murray. That's right. Yeah. So Murray's in. So that's I guess that's interesting now going forward. What's gonna happen? You know, with Flurry mm-hmm. and Murray and. That will be interesting. But if uh, if they can steal one up there in Ottawa, they'll be right back in it for the rest of the way. I think Nashville and Anaheim's playing in the West. Mm-hmm. I think Nashville's probably favored, but I don't even know what that series is going on.
1: They're 2-1, they're I think. Nashville's got two, I think, and okay. um, Anaheim's got one win. So,
0: Alright, so it looks like Nashville will come out of the West there to... Meet winner of stan or meet the winner of the Penguins and the Senators. Uh, mm-hmm. Nashville is not super far west, so that'll be an easy trip for Pittsburgh if they have to make it. Yeah, it's like Detroit's in the in the west too, and in the NHL.
1: I think Detroit and like Chicago and all those are Western teams, but they're not. Yeah. really... I mean they're Midwest, but let's just. I guess that just speaks to. Well, I guess me. I just
0: com. I, I guess I just compare it to the how the NBA split up and. Yeah. 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 So the NHL does it a little weird, but that's oh, all right. They pr- mm. They produce good TV during the playoffs, so we'll forgive them. Yeah. Um. You got something?
1: No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that in the NBA, New Orleans is in the West Coast too, in the Western oh, Conference, right. but. It kinda of
0: has a has a west western feel to the yeah, that's why, city I mean, at least.
1: Yeah, that's why I kinda of like the way that um MLB and uh NFL kinda of do it. Especially the NFL, they don't really do East and West. I mean it's AFC and NFC and they just put the teams that you know closer together. Now that doesn't always work out, obviously, like um the AFC uh, east is you know they have the Patriots and the Dolphins in the same playoff so they're not close but in, in general most of the teams are close like you got Cincinnati, Pittsburgh and Cleveland and even Baltimore's close I mean so they kind of do it a little bit different too where they try to group up teams closer together and they're not worried about East versus West
0: yeah yeah you're right that is <clears throat> I guess it's good that it's different you know everybody can't be East and West so somebody might as well be different yeah yeah, or the NFL does does a good job of you know kind of. I mean, with the uh, with the Rams moving back to LA, that makes that conference real close together now too. So yeah,
1: yeah, MLB is kind of the same way too, right? They just have AI yeah, American right League,
0: National League. It's kind of the same setup as the yep. as a football has it. Yeah, and and uh, MLB does their road trips backwards too. They they work. Um, their way back home. I think the NBA works their way like out further on the road and has a long trip back home. Yeah,
1: I do. I I like the MLB setup better. Send them as far yeah. Away. Send them as far away as you can, and then bring them back closer and closer.
0: Yeah. And the NBA, you know, works them out, and then has the the rest after after the long flight home instead yeah. of the opposite way. Yeah. So I, I mean, and um, the NFL doesn't do any of that because they only play once a week, but. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's just a little bit interesting the way different uh, professional sports map it. I, it, you're right. I do like the way baseball does it. It's always cool. I mean, you you probably the same way when the Red Sox, you know, go out go out to the coast and play, and then work their way back. It's always a neat little trip.
1: Yeah. Well, I just wish that the MLB would embrace interleague play more often because you'd. You never see teams match up like you'll never see the Cubs and Red Sox match up. I know they played this year, but it's probably only been like five or six times in the last hundred years. I would bet that they played, which sucks. I mean, they're storied franchises, and they never play. And you know, I just wish that that was. I just wish that it was more often that they got to play these teams. Even if it was one series a year, even if it was a two-game series, you know, a home and home type of thing, but. They never, that never seems to work out. They never want to do that.
0: Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. It would be cool if, you know, the stories franchise, they could play more, like the Yankees played the Cubs this year. But mm-hmm. they have kind of embraced interleague play more. I mean, a couple of years ago, it used to just be like like two weeks out of the year was interleague play. Now it's spread out. It's sprinkled out throughout the whole year. So that's a little bit of a change they have there. Yeah, I
1: think the Pirates opened up in Fenway this year. So,
0: yeah, I think if if they're really gonna um, if they're really gonna you know jump and push interleague play some more, uh, it'll have to be after the the rules are unified. Either way, you know, DH for everybody or no DH for everybody. That'll be the only way yeah. to really commit to interleague play more. I think. Yep, I agree. Um, Yeah, so I don't know what the heck we were talking about before that, but...
1: NHL um, playoffs.
0: Okay, NHL playoffs. Uh, So go to another sport, just started up, WNBA, now on FanDuel. I know I got in a a free roll, I didn't do very well, I don't think you did very well either.
1: Nah, I didn't um, happen to get into the free roll, I happened to get into the real money roll. Oh! (laughs) oh, (laughs) Let's just say that I was towards the bottom... uh, five percent
0: <laughs> yeah so. yeah they, they kind of threw us off well they threw me off the first day anyway because they didn't have updated like people who were out mm-hmm. because like a bunch of people are still overseas playing for their teams and like yeah. they weren't updated out and stuff like that so kind of threw me off a little bit but yeah um that'll be fun you know if you have a couple extra bucks over the week throw on one of those games yep I think Twitter's streaming some WNBA games this year, so if you're, you know, sitting at home watching oh, nice. WNBA game, might as well. It's high-quality basketball, so if you like basketball, whatever, yeah. man. You'll like that.
1: Yeah, we're definitely probably among the very few who like women's basketball, so.
0: Yeah, yeah there's not that many, unfortunately. I mean, I... I like it, whatever. No matter what level it is, yeah. you know, college, bros, uh, whatever. It's it's good quality basketball. We just need Pittsburgh to get a team, and we'll be in business after that.
1: Well, once people start going to that money page and donating to us, and we buy. That's start Sorry, with the If I, Pittsburgh franchise,
0: if I want Powerball Thursday, we'll we'll buy into the pot, or we we'll, we'll buy into the Pittsburgh oh, yeah. WNBA team.
1: It's gotta be cheap.
0: Can't be too much and that'll lead lead us in to you know lead 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 the way for an NBA team to join the city as well. So That's right. So we'll be good to go there. Um other basketball news related, the NBA playoffs. There's a game on right now, well it's half time right now. Cavs are up about fifty or sixty at this point, I think. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I don't know I don't even know what the score is, just I think right, uh, twenty-two. That's pretty much fifty or sixty after the first half. Um, just some notes from watching it. I mean, LeBron is just picking his matchup and going to the basket and going to the you know going to the foul line or, or getting a layup. So he's pretty much having his way. Uh, uh, the Cavs are just getting mismatches all over the court. I mean, there was probably half a dozen possessions where Kevin Love was posting on Marcus Smart underneath. Yeah. So Cavs are having their way with them um, after. the after their you know, twelve days or ten days rest or have they had, they look fresh, they look quick. Like, um, Boston like looks like wore out from their seven game series from Washington. I don't know if you've been watching or not, but Yeah, I
1: haven't I haven't really been watching, but I'm just looking at the stats right now and LeBron has twenty three at half, um and then Love has thirteen and TT has eleven. And then the, the highest scoring player for Boston is Bradley. He's got 11. Isaiah only has 8. Jalen Brown has 8. I mean, he's played 12 minutes. He has 8 points. Some of these guys have played, you know, 20, 21 minutes, and they don't even have that many. So that just goes to show you that whenever you Bradley's leading your team in scoring, you're probably not winning.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why you're down 22 points. Yeah. Yeah, the Cavs kind of just looked like they you know they they found them they found that next gear they found that next level um they're so deep i mean they could go 12 deep and not really lose a step after the first three or four Mm -hmm. drawn williams back in shape he looks good out there you got channing fry to come in you know they're just so deep i mean Derek williams doesn't even get any minutes but he can eat up some minutes for him if he needs it uh boston you know, Boston has Isaiah Thomas, and I, I did, <laughs> I just made a note down, I made a note down, it says, is, is Brad Stevens the MVP of the Celtics? Just a note I made.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, he's, they, you know, they don't have, they don't have an all-star, I mean, I don't know if they have an all-star, but they don't have the kind of player that even, you know, Kevin Love is, or Kyrie is, and I think Brad Stevens is a young, talented coach, and I think he's He's you know he's kind of the heartbeat of the team at this point and Isaiah Thomas but
1: yeah well it's interesting we can get into it a little bit further during the lottery but it'll be interesting to see what they do um next year
0: yeah well let's uh I'm just gonna mention or I'm just gonna say uh I, we were talking before we, we went live here and I think I think the Cavs are win in four possibly five if the Celtics win um game 2 but that's it you know it ain't going to go past 5. I think you had the same same view on the series.
1: Yeah, I just I don't see any way the Celtics win a game. I don't you know, I said that last I think it was last week if the Wizards would have won the series, I would have said the Cavs in 5 just purely because of Wall. Um but I don't see the Celtics even getting a game. They just to me they're not the team yet that is going to challenge uh LeBron and I think they knew that, but they're not going. Obviously, they're not going to give up. I just don't see them uh, coming back and winning this, or even winning a game. So that's just where I stand on it. Same, same for me out west. I thought the, I thought the Spurs had a chance to win a couple, um, but obviously with Ka- or Kawhi out, um, I don't see that. I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, without Kawhi, that'll be over. And two more, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Did you did you see that play?
0: The I, saw, I, I didn't see it live. I saw the replay. Um, if I had to guess, he probably did it on purpose, but I, I don't know. I can't read his, what his intent was. But uh, you don't usually go that deep into somebody's jumper unless you know he has a sprained ankle. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah. So my impression of it, obviously, Pop, Greg Povich came out and said that he thinks it was a dirty play or whatever. Um, my impression was the same. He, when you watch the replay again, he, like, he takes a hop with his hand in the air towards Kawhi, and then he lands, Zaza does, and he takes, like, another little hop into him. So, like, his foot is completely under, um, Kawhi, and you don't usually see somebody who's contesting a shot take the first hop with his hand in the air, and then land and take, like, another little, like, mini hop. And like you, he clearly does that. He's not like looking at the floor or anything to make sure he's putting it right under Kawhi's foot. But the way it looks to me was, it definitely—he definitely had intent on at least fouling him or running, you know, trying to make it a difficult play. Now, obviously, like you said, it's hard to judge intent. Like, did he really want Kawhi to roll his, you know, step on his foot awkward? I don't know. I but to me, it looked like he definitely intended on going through. Kawhi on that play and fouling him, so that's just where I I stand on it.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I think... I mean, usually you see a guy roll his ankle like that, and and when it happens, you know, the guys are are coming down almost simultaneously at the same time. Mm -hmm. He just happens to land on top of his foot, but Kawhi came down on it, you know, so late after Zaza was already planted. And you know, I don't know if Zaza... I don't know if he... I I, the intention was to make him feel uncomfortable at least while he was landing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And sometimes, you know, if you have that high ankle sprain, I mean, that's all it takes. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you're, you roll it minimally and, and, you know, like, like he is now, he's out, might be out for the rest of the playoffs. I mean, that's just unfortunate. It doesn't take much once it's already rolled. I mean, he already rolled it on the bench there Mm -hmm. earlier in the game and yeah I mean it, it doesn't take much and I think so I think Zaza knew that I think he definitely wanted to make him feel uncomfortable and yeah I mean I, I you could say it's part of the game but hurting people isn't part of the game but to, it's yeah. a, it's the same as you know go it, you know going after the quarterback when you second or anything like that it, it shouldn't it should it's not part of the game but it, it is you know what I mean
1: yeah I mean to me yeah you're you're right um on the ankle thing, once you, so the ankle's kind of like a tendon, and and once you roll it, it just becomes that much easier to roll it the next time, you know, until you get, unless you're like off it for a while, and you give it a chance to, you know, go back into place, but, um, yeah, I'm with you that it is part of the game, but it's a part of the game that I don't like to see, I don't think any fan really likes to see, because the next thing you know, down the court, somebody's going to do it to Steph, and Steph has a, history of bad ankles and you know i'm not a fan of steph curry um I, i made that known but to me i don't want to see anybody step under him while he's taking a jump shot because that's that to me that's not i mean like you said it's part of the game but it's not part of the game and nobody should be doing that and i think that a few years ago the nba made that rule where you can't even be in their space when they land and i think that's a good rule i think and I think jump shooters really appreciate that because, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, people were literally running through the player to, to stop, you know, when they take a jump shot to make him uncomfortable. And I think that jump shooters today really appreciate that rule where even if you're, you know, a foot or two feet with close to him, that's still a foul. And, yeah. you know, a lot of fans might not like it because they say, oh, you know, he didn't even touch him. But... To me, that's you're protecting the game if you're protecting the shooters.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that rule, I think that rule has made its way down all the way in the high school level. I remember watching a bunch of games um, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and it, that rule was all you know. That rule has made it all the way down, so it's obviously a beneficial rule for the health of the players and all, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, hope hopefully Kawhi can come back and make it a series at least. But, give them. Give them something, but yeah. I don't know.
1: But let's be honest that did, that's not going to change the series. The I mean, the Spurs might have want, taken that game away from the Warriors, but to me, the Warriors were going to win the series regardless. So,
0: yeah, yeah, you're probably right. It, it would have it would have made it at least a little bit more. I might have wa- actually watched the game, you know, if, if they would have won that first one. But yeah, um, it's all. I mean, it would have been interesting just in the fact that they won. In OKC. I know the Golden West... State. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, OKC, I was hoping they were still in it. But, yeah. um, what the heck? In the West, um, Golden State's been running through everybody. Obviously, everybody knows that. Um, the West series has had two games in before the East. I was just going through the schedule and if both series end in a sweep, um, the West series will only end one day before the East, so it doesn't end up too bad, but Mm-hmm. it started way too early in my you know I think you had the same same thought Yeah, I think
1: to me I I, I don't know if it really hurts or helps anybody as long as both teams go in um, healthy one team will obviously always have an advantage of being a little bit more fresh but as long as they both go in healthy then you know it's game time as long as you know so if that so if that doesn't affect a player's health one way or the other then that's fine with me. Like it, it would really bug me if, if a you know if Steph or Clay was a little bit hurt, you know if they were in Kawhi's situation, and somebody on the Warriors were hurt a little bit, but they could make it back for the series. Like then it would bug me because it's like, oh, they're gonna get three or four extra days rest to come back from that injury. But as it stands right now, both teams are really healthy, so it doesn't bug me as much this you know this time around.
0: Yeah, as far as health goes for the Cavs, I think everybody's good to go, especially after that long rest. And I think for the Warriors, Iguodala was—they rested him last game just because his knee was sore. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're both fairly healthy. They both should be full strength to come come the finals if that is indeed the finals matchup. Uh, and like we said before, there's a good chance that is the finals matchup. So we will have a, a show dedicated to that. Exact thing, the Warriors, Cavs, yeah. um, in the coming weeks—probably a couple weeks yet—for both this conference finals to finish up. Um, and who do you you think the the Warriors and four out west to? Oh
1: uh, yeah, I have uh, Warriors and four, and Cavs and four.
0: All right. Uh, I think yeah, I think it right out west too. I don't think the Spurs will get one like, without Kai, I don't think they will. Maybe they can squeak one by him with him, but I don't. I, I don't think so anyway. Yeah,
1: I mean they don't have Parker either, which isn't as big of a deal as it used to be in the past. But
0: yeah, it's just another body though. They got to go deeper. Yep. Um, but Ginobili's been looking good, dunking the ball and running all over the place. He looks like he's ten years younger now. Yeah. Swatting bats out of the air and crazy stuff. <laughs> so, like everybody else, we are just waiting for the NBA finals again—the rubber match between the Cavs and the Warriors.
1: It does have it does have a nice little storyline, though, that they're going at it again for, um, you know, to see who's see who the true champion is and. Um, like I said, I just hope that they both go in fully healthy, and then neither team can have an excuse one way or the other. It's it's going to come down to who the better players were in that series.
0: Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's kind of you know it's the rubber match, but the the Warriors added the second best player in the league. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, that's true. Yep, I think yeah, and I think Troy said something about that last week that. He doesn't think that either way this hurts LeBron's legacy. It can only help him if he wins. And to me that I mean we can get into that deeper during the during our coverage of the finals, but to me i am I d I'm I'm with him, but I to me it's I mean I'm not with him and the fact that I think that LeBron is already permanently cemented as the second best player in the in the you know in the history of the game, so I just don't see him being better than ever being better than Jordan. Um, but like I said, we can we can talk about that um, before the finals.
0: Yeah, the Jordan-LeBron comparison, I mean, that'll be thrown around forever. Oh, yeah. Um, I always say I never saw Jordan play a game, so I, I don't even make a comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, Le- uh, LeBron's my, my favorite player, so I'm going to give him a nod. And, you know, maybe if he gets up, You know, gets up to them six rings, which is everybody's, you know, uh, everybody's trump card when it comes to Jordan. Six rings. Yeah,
1: I mean, so he'll never... Yeah, he'll never... The problem is, unless he's like Brady over Montana, it's just tough to... People always go back to the argument. So they'll say, first, Jordan had six, so LeBron has to get at least six, right? And then it becomes, well, when LeBron gets six, people will say, well, wait a second, he might have six, but... Jordan has six he had two three three-peats. he was the finals MVP in all six and he was six for six. I mean there's just a whole bunch of little you know data points that everybody uses for for Michael's favor or Michael's favor. but to me, I, I think it goes a little bit deeper than that um, and to use those examples to me then you'd have to say that same person has to when they talk about Brady, They have to say well brady wasn't as good as montana because montana was four for four and whatever so you can't use unless you're firmly on the montana and jordan side you can't be on one side for brady and one side for jordan or one side for lebron and one side for joe montana you know i mean i just feel like too many people flip flop between those two and you can't have it both ways
0: yeah you're right the I mean, like I said, the trump card for Jordan is six rings, mm-hmm. and that's why, they, you know, he's the best because he has six rings. But nobody says Yogi Berra is the best baseball player ever, and he has 12, 10 World Series rings, so. Yeah. And, Bill uh, Russell has, like, I don't even know. Bill Russell has more championships than Jordan, right? Yeah,
1: he's, I think he's got, like, 11.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, you could say six for six is good, but it's six for ten. You know, if, if you get there ten times, is that is that better than... You know, if if you lose it four times, is that better than not making it four times? You know, that's an mm-hmm. argument in itself, right there. So, yep. There's lots. There's lots of layers of that story, that argument, I guess, and
1: and I'm sure we'll get into it. It's
0: interesting, like you said, like Troy said, um, LeBron is going up against, the, you know, the greatest, you know, the greatest team ever, possibly. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he can hurt his legacy. I think he. I think he cemented his legacy winning last year, and and you know even winning two games that first series without um, Kyrie and and Kevin Love. I mean he was doing everything. I mean mm-hmm. he he didn't have any any help that series. Yeah. So this series is is the or, you know this potential series is a rubber match, but mm-hmm. it's maybe it's definitely the most interesting matchup. Since I've been watching basketball, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: and those and so those same people, the Warriors fans, will say, "Well, if Draymond wasn't suspended last year, would it have been different?" And to me, oh, uh, maybe, I mean, but <laughs> you know, yeah. There's, there's always there's when and whenever we get into any sports argument, there's always little factors. Nothing's ever black and white. I mean, unless you're gonna say that like LeBron was way better than Frank Kaminsky. You know, then obviously nobody's going to argue for Frank Kaminsky, but I mean, once you get up to that level of greatness, there's always somebody's going to always have one little stat here or there that proves you wrong or tries to prove you wrong at least.
0: Yeah, it's just like anything else. You can see whatever side of it you want to see. Yep. Whether it's it's the stats people could throw at you, or whether it's the news you see on TV. If you, if you want to believe something, there's that or there's something out there that proves mm-hmm. you know proves what you want to believe that not proves but helps your case anyway
1: yep.
0: so you know that's the beauty and the beast of it all there's everybody has an opinion and everybody has at least something out there that, that makes their opinion somewhat substantial to them anyway so yep. yeah it's definitely an interesting conversation and I think we'll get into legacy talk for that, uh, for that NBA Finals special. Yep. Well, that's all I got for the playoffs. Anyway, you want to get into the lottery?
1: Oh uh, yeah, sure.
0: All right. So the lottery was last night, I believe. Correct. It was. Yep. Um, Boston ended up picking first via the Brooklyn Nets pick they traded for a couple a couple summers ago. Mm-hmm. Uh I believe they have uh, the the Nets' first round pick next year too.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that those trades from the Garn or the piercing Garnett deal finally came to fruition. They've been trading back each year now, and they finally got the spot that they wanted, which is obviously number one overall. So, definitely. Yeah,
0: up. and next next year could could be you know right up there too. I don't think the Nets are getting any better that quick
1: yep they've just been getting worse each year so
0: yeah yeah so that's interesting in boston um and then la comes in at two 76ers at three um i could give you some more here yeah, sons, of four. sons of four kings at five. five and ten um orlando six minnesota seven knicks eight dallas nine that rounds out to top ten And, uh, heat 14, bull 16, foe's box at 17. That's about it. That's, that's all deep I'm going. Anything else you want to mention there?
1: I don't think that, (laughs) yeah, I don't think that we need to go, um, any further than, further than those, um, I do, I do want to say, though, that it kind of, I was thinking about this when it was happening and the Celtics got number one. Um, you know, what do they do next year with Isaiah wants to be a Max player and they have room to bring in another Max player, uh, which I think will probably be Hor- uh, Hayward from the Jazz, you know, with his thing with, uh, you know, his time with Stevens or Butler.
0: Yeah, so I, think good that
1: call. so I think that they'll bring him in and it just it's a little bit interesting now because I think they want to have three superstars and the first question they have to ask themselves is is Isaiah superstar because presumably the two top guys are guards right it's people are saying it's either going to be Lonzo Ball or it's going to be that Markel Fultz out of Washington so if you have Avery Avery Bradley and you have Marcus Smart coming in as the you know the bench guard do you really need to have Isaiah Thomas? Um, So can you trade Isaiah? And I was just thinking about this out loud, you know, to myself, I guess. It wasn't really out loud, but... um, I was just thinking, if you sign... So if you sign uh, Hayward, you have Hayward, Isaiah, Bradley, and Horford. Um, And then if you trade... And then if you draft Fultz, then you have Fultz, uh, Bradley... Isaiah Hayward and Horford and then you trade Isaiah for somebody like Paul George or Jimmy Butler. I mean, then you're looking at you have the top the top draft pick in folds playing your one, you know, your point guard. You got Avery Bradley playing two. You potentially have Jimmy Butler or Paul George playing three, and you can have um Jimmy Butler or Hayward fill in at four if you really had to cuz George had was playing a lot of um, his back to the basket this year. Um I mean he's six seven, six eight, I think. And then Horford. I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty good team right there.
0: Um, yeah, it's a pretty good five.
1: Yeah, so that's but that's if they trade Isaiah or they could keep Isaiah and draft Foltz, but then they have Isaiah, Foltz, Bradley and Smart.
0: Marcus Smart. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's too many point guards.
1: Yeah, that's too many guards in my opinion. So I think you need to I think for them, if I were them, uh, I, and Isaiah wants to be a max deal player, which is fine, but I just don't think that he's worth it. Um, so I would I would be looking to actually get rid of him instead of keeping him. Now, you're, the other option is, is there a way that you can make a trade to get George or Butler or somebody with that first overall pick? Then you get to keep Bradley, so you have Bradley, or you have Isaiah, Bradley, the guy you trade for, Butler or George, you sign Hayward and you have Horford. So, I mean, there's a couple of different ways to, to go with for them, but if I were them, I would definitely be considering to keep myself under the cap and not get in that luxury space. I would draft the, point, the top point guard, whoever they deem who that is, and I would trade Isaiah and then bring in George or Butler with Hayward as two max guys.
0: So is Isaiah a, a, going to be a free agent, or is he under contract?
1: Um, I believe he was under contract, but he wants. Um,
0: he wants a restructure. But he
1: wants restructure. He wants to get. You know, he wants to get the in under the new uh, CBA thing to. Yeah. You know to sign up the deal. So I think that's where he's at. But either way, to me, it's either a sign and trade to get rid of him, or it's just a trade to get rid of him. I mean. So, uh, uh, just a trade to get rid of him would be easier. A sign and trade then means you have to involve a team that wants to do the same, which you know Butler or George might want to do anyway.
0: So right, yeah, you're right. Um, that's interesting. I think, I think if Isaiah is going to demand max contract money, I don't think Boston will pay it.
1: Well, I know he said I- in the past that. Um, somebody asked him I, I think it was last year so when I was up in Boston I listened to the sports radio a lot obviously and I'm pretty sure somebody asked him last year uh, what he thought about his pending free agency and he just said something along the lines of you know they better back up the Brinks truck so I mean he definitely <laughs> he definitely sees himself as getting uh, a max deal yeah
0: that, that's interesting if, if, if that is what he's after he I don't think he will get it in Boston. Mm-hmm. I think they'll either keep him, you know, keep him unhappy at what he's at, or they'll, like you said, they'll, they'll trade him and have him renegotiate somewhere else. With you know, with the point guard being right there, one for him. Yeah, they just. Need I to, think that. Oh, you're good.
1: I was just gonna say. I just they just need to be careful that they don't fall into the trap that oh Isaiah's a fan favorite, so let's keep him. I mean, if you te- teams often fall under that trap, and that's why. They, you know, it hurts their franchise for a couple years because you sign them to a max deal and it's not the best player out there. Then you're just hurting yourself down the road.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think I think if they're going to make a trade for Paul George or Butler, I don't even think Isaiah can get can get it done. I don't even think that was that one for one would would be enticing enough. Yeah, to give up to give up Butler, or Paul George. So I think if they're going to trade for for Butler or Paul George it'd be it have to be for for the one I would think.
1: Um yeah, it would have to be unless they throw in that Brooklyn pick.
0: Unless they unless they do Isaiah and like if they can protect that like top 3 protect that Brooklyn pick or something. Yep. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't think Isaiah alone can get it can get either of those guys. No. Um and, um, you know, Los Angeles can trade for either of those guys as well. I don't know if, if they will, but that option's there. Trade that too for Butler or George. Do you think that's, enticing, you think that's an enticing option for L.A.?
1: Um, L.A., uh, the Lakers will definitely want to do it. The only problem with that is would Butler or George want to go to Lakers, because they are a very young team, and mm-hmm. if either of those guys are after winning now, which George is probably more so than Butler, I mean, everybody wants to win, but my impression is George wants to go somewhere that he can win, you know, today. And the going to the Lakers is definitely not a win-today team. I mean, they're just way too young to get it done. Um, but so. in, that,
0: in that scenario, Boston... Is closer than Chicago, LA, or Indiana. So that's only one now option they have.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why they want to. Get, I think that's why they would open be open to a sign and trade to those teams. Otherwise, I think that they'd rather just sit it sit on. You know, if for George, he'd probably just rather be on the Pacers till he has true free agency,
0: and then he yeah, can, I think that's only a year too.
1: Yeah, so I think then he can go anywhere he wants if he if he does a sign and trade with the Lakers. What, he'll probably have like a five year deal. So he'll yeah. be at LA for five years when he could just say, well, I'll just play in Indiana for another year or two. And then I'll have true free agency and I'll go wherever I want. And I think that's more enticing than just saying, give me the money for these next two years. Um, so I think that's why it's a little bit uh, for, especially George, he's, I think he's like 27. So I mean, he still yeah, has that- some time.
0: I think they're both pretty. I don't think Butler's Butler might be younger than George, is it? Oh yeah, I
1: would bet uh, Butler would be 24 or 25. I mean, he's oh no, he's 27. So they're both okay, 27. So.
0: Um, but. I think George is the better better player. I think. I don't know what you think. But.
1: Well, my you know, in this in the scenario for the Celtics, George is definitely the better player for him. Uh, he's you know, like I said, he's six nine, so he can fill in the power forward spot if you want to put uh, Hayward then into the three slot Bradley into the two slot and then Fultz or whoever they draft in the one slot
0: yeah yeah that wouldn't be a bad lineup
1: and then Horford's at five so I mean you have a pretty pretty solid team going forward with that and then if you're bringing off people off the bench that started this year then you know you're just adding depth yeah for sure
0: it's uh, well, it, it's crazy how many options there are at the first and second pick. Um, for George and Paul being in the East and being in teams that aren't really going to compete, is is the the threat of LeBron and the Cavaliers, you know, enough to force them out west to I mean, compete with the Warriors? I mean, what's what's worse?
1: You're so, in my opinion, you're guaranteed to get to the Eastern Conference Finals if you play for Boston.
0: If you play for okay.
1: if you play for the Lakers, you're pro- you might not even be in the playoffs. I mean, that's Well, true. I
0: think they make the play- playoffs, but
1: Well, I don't know. Who, I mean, there's
0: play- Well, if hey. you think about it, you, I I think if the Lakers had Paul George, I think they'd be fighting for, you know, in the middle in the middle of the playoff seeds there probably.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think Portland was the 8th seed this
0: year. Um
1: and they don't have much beyond
0: beyond the two guards, there.
1: Lillard and McCollum. So I think you're right. I mean, they would probably be a lot more competitive on day one. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, I can see I can see how the Lakers would be a seven, eight seed. But then you're talking about facing the Warriors first round instead of being in the East Conference, where you're probably guaranteed to be in that um, championship game.
0: You're right. Yeah, that's you're right. If if you go if you go to Boston, you're
1: right. Yeah. And and Boston's got that unique flexibility now that they have the first overall pick. Um, and I think obviously the way that people want Lakers want it to play out is I think that they want Boston or whoever takes that pick to pick Fultz. and then the Lakers want to pick ball and which is perfectly fine with me as a Sixers fan who have the third pick. So, I don't really want to see, I mean, Fultz would be okay, but I'm not really sure that either one of those two guards are going to end up being, you know, the best player this year. So, if the Sixers can avoid, and I know the Sixers really need a point guard, but if they can avoid those two guys, that would be fine with me, or if Fultz falls to Philly, then that would be fine to me, Um, but I would rather it not be Fultz or um,
0: Ball. Okay, so who who do you see... How do you see the top three picks playing out? Folds, ball, and then where do you see the Sixers going? Oh,
1: I don't know. They, um... I mean, there's... So they have, so they have some options, right? Josh Jackson, he's the freshman from uh, Kansas. And then I would personally like to see Jason Tatum. I mean, he played at Duke last year, and Duke's my college yeah. team. So, and he's... I think he was rated, like, the fifth best player or something, so... Um, to me, if they, if they grab Jason Tatum, that would be awesome. The problem is he's, he's like 6'8", and they drafted Simmons this year, who's 6'8", and they have, um, Noel, they have Embiid, and they have,
0: um... I think they traded Noel to Dallas, right?
1: Oh, did they? Yeah, you might be right. Um, so they have, so they have... Did they have uh...
0: Parker, Embiid... Parker Jabari Parker no don't they have uh don't they have, oh, they have Jaleel, another big they
1: have Jaleel Okafor yeah Pep,
0: yeah Okafor that's I was gonna a, say, yeah. yeah but
1: those are both two players um yeah I
0: was gonna
1: say I, I wish they had Parker he plays <laughs> um yeah yeah so I mean they so if if they draft Tatum I mean they're kind of just saying okay we're gonna play really big and that doesn't necessarily work in the in the NBA anymore but I I know that they were high on and I'm a little bit high on um, Malik Monk he's one of the guys he's the top guy out of Kentucky well him and De'Aaron Fox are kind of the top guys out of Kentucky and Monk plays that point guard position and to me I'd rather have Monk over Fultz or Ball so if they were going to pick a point guard I would rather it be uh, Malik Monk so but I, I personally think it'll be Fultz Lonzo Ball, and then I think that they'll go with Josh Jackson out of um, Kansas.
0: Yeah, I like I like Monk out of out of Kentucky. I think he has a little bit of a higher upside than Fox, just because Fox is kind of you know he doesn't have a jumper. He's kind of John Wall out of Kentucky. He, yeah, he can get to the rim, but he he doesn't shoot as well. Monk has a has a nice shot. I think he can develop into a good a good, assist, good enough assist, man, you know, maybe Kyrie-style point guard.
1: Yeah, I mean, he averaged um, 20-something a game this year, Malik Bunk, so a, yeah. on,
0: a very,
1: on a very high-powered team. So I, I will take that um, any day of the week. Uh, obviously, his game won't exactly translate uh, from playing, like, teams like Alabama and Tennessee versus playing LeBron, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'll take that over... Over um, the other two guys, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I like Monk. I think if it does go Fultz, and then Ball, I think the Sixers are sitting, you know, sitting real well. Just take the guy that like best out of Jackson, Tatum, Fox, and Monk. I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think, like I said, I mean Jackson is six eight two, but he kind of plays smaller than Tatum.
0: So, yeah, he kind of plays like a two.
1: Yeah, and he he was. I believe he shot like 38 to 40 percent from three last year, Um, so I'll take that. Um, And I think Monk was similar. Um, I can't. I think he was 40 percent. So I think Monk was like a little hair above where Josh Jackson was. Uh, And that's not necessarily Jason Tatum's game. He's he's more of a you know drive and score kind of guy, Um, but. Like I said, I would, I would like him just personally because he's from Duke. So
0: Yeah, they definitely have a, a lot of talent there to choose from with those four guys. I like Jackson's game a lot. I just don't think – I don't know if he's – if the Sixers, you know, I don't know if he's a good fit at this point for the Sixers. Same as Tatum. You know, they, like you said, they kind of need that the point guard to, to lead him somewhere.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I do like Jackson. I think he has probably – in my opinion, he has one of the highest upsides in the draft. Him and Monk, I think, are my personal favorites of the draft. I don't know if you... You probably like Tatum, and I don't know where you go from there.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I like Monk is the best guard. I think he's going to be the best guard out. I mean, I think Tatum has a has a chance to be the best player in this draft. But just with, the like I said, the way the roster for the Sixers is constructed, if they go with Monk, I would not be upset with that. I mean, he's... The nice thing about Monk is, like, he's, so he's only six, well, I say only, he's 6'3", and he's he's got to be, like, 200, 205 pounds. And, like, Tatum and Jackson, they're both 6'8", or 6'9", and they're both, like, 200 pounds. I mean, so he's he's going to be able to bang with the guards in the NBA, Monk is. And, to me, I just worry about some of these college kids that come out that are, Thin as a twig like Durant, but just can't shoot like Durant. You know, they can get, like, if, for instance, if Tatum's, again, if he's playing against the Cavs, I mean, I know we're talking about the best player in the world, but, like, LeBron will just dominate him. He'll just push him all over the court. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, I just don't like that in a player. Like, last year, uh, they took Ben Simmons, and I think that was the right call. He's one of those players that I wouldn't mind having. I mean, obviously, he didn't play a second this year, but
0: yeah he's a beast though yeah yeah like monk monk is listed as a uh, one ninety seven which is seven okay. pounds heavier than uh, ball and ball's three inches taller than him so he's got a body on him mm-hmm. um fox is is this only listed at one one seventy one here so he's got he's got some growing to do yeah
1: and all but these, i
0: think jack all these guys are what, yeah he like yeah and but like you could tell with jackson and tatum like they're gonna go into their bodies they're gonna Mm -hmm. be solid in a couple years
1: yep
0: so it's an interesting at least what first six picks of the draft is super talented
1: yeah
0: and then you and then you have uh the kings there with two top 10 picks that's kind of interesting for them they're kind of rebuilding after um Shipping Cousins off to New Orleans So they got some rebuilding to do there
1: Yeah if I had, If I had to put money down on One of the Kings picks I would say that they're going to Take that I think his name is Lowry or Lowry Markkanen from Arizona he's like The 7 foot power forward He's kind of like a stretch 4 kind of Guy but he's tall and they just Got rid of Cousins so My guess is one of those two picks they'll probably take Markkanen if I had to but that's just if I had to put money down on it. Um I'm not hundred percent certain of that.
0: Yeah, this mock draft I'm looking at, he's going to, he's going nine to the, the Mavericks, so that's right in their wheelhouse.
1: Who's that? The making in? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely that's the next uh dirk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I read uh the the Kings are gonna go after a point guard in the top five and then get a, a big man at ten, so that would be it.
1: Well if he's if he's if that is at ten, that's ridiculous. He's like I said, he's 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 kind of he's kinda of like Persingis and Dirk. I mean, he's a forty two percent three point shooter and he's seven foot tall. I mean
0: Yeah. So Yeah, it's a powerful, Mm -hmm. definitely a powerful pick there wherever he falls to. Yeah. Um, And they got the next pick in Dennis Smith out of NC State. I don't know much about him. I don't
1: know much about him either, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. No idea about a lot of these guys. Got Luke Kennard going to the Bulls at 16. I don't, I don't like that.
1: I'm a Luke Kennard fan, but I don't know. I don't think he's a...
0: Justin Jackson up 14 to the Heat. Yeah, uh, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina guy. Uh, Harry, Harry Giles, 28 to the Lakers. Another Duke guy. Um, That's your Duke boy. Yep. Yeah, I think...
1: So I think... Um, one of the people who are getting a lot of disrespect in this um, this class is uh, Frank Mason from Kansas. I, I know he's a senior, so he's a little bit older. Yeah, than I saw guys, him in but, the second round. But I like those players that are yeah
0: minded <laughs> Yeah, Frank Mason, I think he was a, he was a super high recruit coming out, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. Yep, yeah, that's what I the, thought. Yeah, he's one of the top players coming out, so I mean... All he did was start yeah. four years. I believe at Kansas. <laughs> to me, that can't yeah, be a bad thing.
0: He averaged twenty-one, four, and five last year, so that's a good, mm-hmm. good stat line. Played twenty-five minutes a game. Can't you can't really get better than that? Yeah, like you you were
1: talking about that Dennis Smith Jr. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna ask me right now if I want Dennis Smith Jr. who attended or NC State for one or <laughs> Frank Mason at yeah. to Kansas and started four years like okay give me Frank Mason like to me that's a no-brainer and I don't care what athleticism Dennis Smith Jr. has I'll take the solid guy who can be my sixth man and or at least my third point guard and just or third guard and just come in and play solid basketball
0: yeah not not mess anything up too bad for you Mm -hmm. and maybe you know maybe he can go into the potential everybody saw a lot of him coming out of high school so maybe he can find that again and and do something special for you. Yeah. Um, that's all I got for the draft. We hit on the trade, hit on the, the talented guys up front. Um, who do you think, more Duke guys or more Kentucky guys go? Ooh.
1: That's a good question. There's a lot of Duke guys in this
0: one. <laughs> I know.
1: I think... Just in the first round or in general?
0: Oh, uh, First round.
1: First round, I think it'll probably be uh, Kentucky. Um, but, although the Kennard thing is a little bit interesting. Could be, could be three for Duke. I actually think it'll probably be a 2-2 split. I think Fox and... Uh, Fox and Monk. Fox and Monk will go... F- and then I think it's going to be uh, Tatum and Giles. But...
0: I don't know. With but, the... but Kennard could sneak in and give him the 3-2 victory.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's definitely how it could play out because I don't think Kentucky has that mm-hmm. other guy who's going to be in the...
0: Well, I'm looking at the mock draft, and the next Kentucky guy is uh 32. Briscoe. That bam, bam, Abadeo. Oh,
1: yeah. Isaiah, uh, I think it's Isaiah or Isaac, Briscoe, he's another... I think it's Isaiah. He's another guy in the draft for Kentucky, so look out for him. Um,
0: There's a guy who's a, a high school senior projected to go in the draft. Um,
1: yeah. Oh shit! What was his name? Um,
0: Hamaduo Diallo.
1: Diallo. Yeah. Diallo. How? Uh,
0: what the heck's going on there?
1: I think he's like, if I remember correct, I could have it completely wrong, but I think he's like 19. I think he's old enough to be he like oh wait I can't remember now I don't want to sit I don't want to say because I think I'm wrong now but I wanted to say that he was that he reclassified the other way you know how some people reclassify to get into college early I yeah think he reclassified to be to play older in high school so he's he like crosses that 19 year old mark that they have set because it's not one year of college it's the age right I,
0: I I don't know I didn't even know that was possible I know uh, what's his name Brandon Jennings went overseas for a year and played mm-hmm.
1: yeah and I think that's I think the NBA's rule is age um, is the fa- is the main factor not whether or not he played college so because it's 19 I'm pretty sure it's 19 years old and he like would yeah, classify kids, the other way around
0: yeah. Yeah, i was just scrolling through the mock draft, and that caught my caught my attention there. I'm gonna try to search and see what's going on with that. Yeah. Oh, so he's committed to Kentucky, but he entered his name in the draft.
1: Yeah, he might not have signed with a agent.
0: Uh, yeah, he or it says it's fifty fifty if he's gonna stay in the draft or pull out. Yeah. That's weird. That's just I don't I don't know. I'd like I guess I would have liked to saw this earlier so I could have looked into it more, but I didn't know it was even possible.
1: Well Vaughn Maker was a fifth year senior last year, wasn't he? High school senior? Uh he like missed
0: the what what the heck happened to him? He like missed a year of Something right?
1: Yeah, I think he missed
0: a year of high school and he was. Not or no, he committed to he committed to like set, like Central Florida or something, but he couldn't play for some reason. So I think he was. I think he was on campus though. Yeah, I don't know how that. I was. don't know that. I'm thought, pretty sure he like like he was enrolled in school though. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, Maker was the same way though. He definitely had. He definitely oh
0: you mean like he reclassified
1: I think he's yeah um it says he's 19 during the calendar year of the 2016 draft um <clears throat> I'm just trying to read real quick I think he's I think it did say that he he went to like he was in quote unquote prep school so maybe there's something there that
0: it's like yeah college, maybe it's
1: a bit like a college prep thing or something where you get college credits but um <clears throat> he was definitely last year Thawmaker Maker was 19 and
0: so yeah I don't know that's a crazy situation for sure yeah so we have I don't even know what the draft is next month I think I have it in my calendar but we'll have a I'm sure we'll have a special for for that like we did for the NFL draft yep um all so I got. You want to do the the UFC?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I think um I think that's all we had. Right on the um, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, unless you wanted to do the Preakness. Either Preakness or UFC, that's all we have left.
0: All right, we can close with the Preakness.
1: All right, that sounds good to me.
0: All right, UFC 211 Saturday night was a pretty good card overall. Um, the pay-per-view card was good. Yep. Uh, the Eddie Alvarez fight we broke down a little bit was kind of... Another controversial fight for the UFC, so we're going to cover everything. He's going to give his breakdown. I'm going to provide some insight, and yeah, we could add Troy on, but he gave us gave us the illegal knees this week. <laughs> Here's <was> the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, he gave us the, the illegal knees and hurt. Gave us the Herb Dean, and put a stop to his his streak of podcast appearances, but we'll get him on again. Um, so. USC, we could start with um, USC two eleven. We could start with your fight bonuses. T, who do you think you know? Performance of the night and fight of the night should go to.
1: Well, I was looking at it more towards um, who got them, and so obviously.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I know Dana announced them at the press conference, but you could you could talk to that as well.
1: Yeah. So, Miocic's got performance of the night, um, and. Um, Justin Knight also got performance in the night. And then fight of the night was uh, Sherman versus Coulter, which obviously, I mean, anybody who watched that fight, they just came out throwing bombs, and it was highly entertaining. Um, And then there were no submissions on the entire card, I believe. So nobody got that fight bonus, which is a little bit unique. I, I don't know. Can you remember another card? I mean, I...
0: I would have to look back but w- without a submission of the night.
1: there. W- I mean there wasn't one submission in the entire night including like the early prelims.
0: So Yeah, I don't know. I I haven't been watching cards consistently, but not that I can remember anyway.
1: You usually I mean, you usually see one or two um I, I but I guess I did look back at this and Maya was really the only one who was sort of that it, submission, it's
0: submission guy. Yeah.
1: Everybody else kind of had, they had more stoppages as TKO or KO than they did um, submission. So, um, but to me, I think where they got it, where the UFC got it wrong is um, they gave the performance of the, one of the performances of the night to Miocic. And yeah, he knocked out Dos Santos. And maybe we need to reassess because all three of us last week said that Miocic wasn't that great of a champion, um, and I, he just finished another guy. I mean, that's
0: if, yeah. That's all you in can in say the first round, yeah,
1: yeah. So that's what four straight in the first round, I believe, for him. Yep. So it's just like maybe we, maybe he just hasn't fought enough past the first round for us to give him credit. I don't know, but um, <clears throat> maybe we need. But to me, I thought the performance of the night from the pay per view card uh, should have went to Ioana. Um, she just absolutely. Destroyed Andrade and yeah, she took yeah it went to decision, but I mean it was absolutely clear who the winner of that fight was um, <clears throat> I think she had more total strikes than Andrade Even through even attempted which is ridiculous um, And she definitely had more significant strikes than she attempted and she was just there wasn't one point in the fight Where I thought oh, no, you, you know, Yana is gonna get caught um, and it's everything we thought the fight would be. Uh, Jessica came out swinging, and she continued to come out each round swinging. So you know what we we, what we said last week was her only option is to get a knockout, and it has to be within the first round or maybe round and a half. And she didn't get to that point. So, um, but to me, I thought UFC got that wrong. The only thing that Joanna didn't do was get the TKO. To me, everything. To me, she had the performance of the night. Besides, besides that one little caveat, and I don't think that the UFC defines whether or not they ha- there has to be a knockout for the performance of the night. Um, but to me, I thought they got that wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, she was arguably then, you know, the most do- dominating performance. Anyway, I'm sure. I'm sure Dana likes to reward, uh, you know, a stoppage as mm-hmm. far as the, the bonus goes. That's probably the only reason uh, Miocic got the nod that way. But, you're right. I mean, they were both um, dominant in their own ways, you mm-hmm. know, their own ways that they've been dominant. Siope with the the quick power and Joanna with the calculated and, like, you know, like a hitman out there just throwing strikes when they're there. And, not getting taken down and it was just it's just you know it's like it's like magic what she does it's it's crazy but as far like you said as far as bonuses go um maybe one could have went to Joanna there but Stipe was deserving I guess I, I don't know it was I mean you're not get on the first round he's your heavyweight champion I mean you almost it's almost in a position where you, you have to give him performance of the night yeah
1: yeah, I want to go back, I just want to go back and look at the last, you know, maybe 10 or 12, maybe I don't have to go back that far, but go back to those last couple pay-per-views to just see if anybody's won that title, or won that. Without a knockout, without a knockout. yeah.
0: I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess, but Yeah, like I said, I'm sure Dana likes to reward a stoppage, but I'm not sure if anybody has it's got that bonus without without one. You know, maybe, maybe not. I, I, can't, I can't even put a guess on it, so...
1: My guess is, if anybody did, it's probably Mighty Mouse. But he hasn't been on a pay-per-view card in a while, so...
0: Well, I think they still give out the bonus on fuck cards.
1: Yeah, they do. I was just thinking purely from the pay-per-view perspective. But, yeah, they definitely give out fight bonuses for all those.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so that'd be an interesting... Uh, A little case study for you, for everybody, really. I I don't know. Maybe I'll write something up on it. Maybe that'll be our content on the website this week. So as far as fight burns go, Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in Dallas. They had uh, the the summer press conference kickoff with all the face-offs for the upcoming bouts. Um, You know, there's a lot of trash talk going back and forth between everybody. They Mm -hmm. squared off all the fighters: John Jones, DC. Holly Holm squared off against her next opponent. Um, the two other strawweight women squared off. I believe they're number one and number two contenders. They they got squared off. Um, so it was definitely a busy week in Dallas. Um, on in you know in in the ring and outside of the ring. Yeah. Um, and anything you want to touch on other than the the fights?
1: Uh just I mean I my the hatred I have for. Daniel Cormier runs very, very deep, uh, almost <laughs> as deep as Pittsburgh Sports. But I don't know. I just the way he. So back in the day, Cormier was never as big of a trash talker as he as he is now. And obviously, with the amount of wins that he has, and he's the champ, he earned that right. Um, but champ, sort of champ. So sort of champ, yeah. yeah. Um But to me, it's like it's like somebody. T- I don't know. I just, I don't like him in the first place. And then on top of that, it's like somebody talking shit talking to McGregor. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, that's how I feel about John Jones. Is he's, yeah, he's just he's like you want to He's just a killer in the in the octagon. So I don't know. I I don't like Cormier, and that's part of it. But to shit talk John Jones, I mean, you have big balls, and you better back it up. So I, I can't wait
0: for yeah. that fight. Cannot. Yeah, wait. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that either because you know that first go around it wasn't even a fan i wasn't even following the sport at that time but um you know just reading and listening to everybody else talk about it i mean jones looks like a completely different person now
1: mm-hmm.
0: compared to when he was when he was dominating i mean he never trained he'd you know go out drinking all weekend and show up and win and uh, yeah. Just done. Now he's training. Now he's he's rolling jujitsu ju- you know, every day and training hard. And I know, you know, I know a bunch of interviews he's given. He said he's just going to submit, submit people all the time because that's all he's in Pakistan and that's what he he loves to do now. So he's. I just like to see him in the ring. I mean, I know. I want. When's that? When's that scheduled for July?
1: Yeah, he's not back till July, and I think that fight's like the twenty-first. Or something. So it's middle towards the end of July, I believe. Uh,
0: yeah. So that's definitely the next big fight for me to look forward to, to to watch John Jones fight. While I'm a fan of the sport, mm-hmm. um, like I said, he's in probably in my top three with McGregor and and you want a champion for me anyway. So I'd like to see him fight, and definitely DC. Um, DC is definitely a heel for me and you. I know that. Oh, yeah. So. Um, so hopefully that fight goes through. I know the last couple of times they tried to make it. I think DC was hurt, and then Jones got popped for that drug test. So yep. he has some bad, he had a string of bad luck. But hopefully in July that that happens. I know you want to talk about the judge's decision and Masvidal and the Mayes card. So if you want to kind of give your
1: yeah, I thought
0: how you saw the fight through your eyes.
1: I thought that uh, it's a little bit of. One of those things where you can make the case that each fighter won a little piece of each round, um, but for me, I thought Mosvidal was the you know was victorious in this one uh, in the stand-up game, which we expect you know so on the ground we expect Maya to win. He had all the control, which is something that you would expect from him uh, in the stand-up game. I think Mosvidal um, won that part of it. Um, so to me I thought the judges got it wrong and one of the things that sticks out to me mostly is they were pretty close um, with so when you look at total strikes right Maya had more than Mosvidal but Mosvidal out significant striked them Um, and to me when you're and then Maya like I was saying is one of those takedown guys submission guys right he, he attempted 4 ta- or, i'm sorry he attempted 12 takedowns and he was only successful in 4 of them and i don't think that the judges give credit enough credit for defending a takedown right they give you more credit for how many takedowns you have so if yep. so maya had 4 masvidal had 0 but what they don't take into account is masvidal was 0 for 0 maya was 4 of 12 so to me in a close fight when it comes down like to one it. One takedown, yeah. Yeah, to me, when you. Um, in a close fight, when it comes down to it, you have to look at what each fighter's strengths are and did that fighter, um, you know, take, o- take over with his strength. And to me, Maya didn't do his job and Masvidal did. So that's why I thought Masvidal should have won. And I know all the judges had it close. I think they were all 29 28 one way or the other. Um, and it was a split decision for Maya. But to me, I just thought. Masvidal won that fight and Maya played it safe the whole time I mean I know in the first round right he was on Masvidal's back for probably a good two minutes like (laughs) literally literally hanging
0: out on his back yeah so
1: and so to me when it when like I was saying when the fights are that close who did a better job uh, at what their strength is and Masvidal shut down Maya on his takedown attempts and outstruck him with significant strikes. So I thought Mosfadal should have won that, and I thought personally I thought it was going to be a unanimous decision for all and I was clearly wrong with that. So I don't know what you did. You have that same feeling, or did you think Maya won that?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, I I I don't know. I don't know enough about how how fights are judged and all that kind of stuff to to say the judges were wrong, but it's just just from a different standpoint, it's just tough to to tell, you know, it's just tough to tell who's winning the fight because, yeah, one guy's doing, you know, something to a guy that hurts him mm-hmm. and the other guy's doing something to a guy that, you know, makes him work, makes him tired, makes him, uh, you know, fight off submissions, fight off getting whatever, getting choked out or whatever. So it, it's, you know, which. Which do you judge more heavily? Do you judge something that does damage, or do you judge something else more heavily? It's just tough. I think it's just tough for the judges. I mean, I think that's why you saw a split decision. It's just tough to pick a side, really. I mean, like it's easy to like if it was a street fight, you say, "Oh, Mazda went easy because he landed punches and all that kind of stuff." But you know, they're in a cage with rules, so it's it's not a street fight. But yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough for me to to, to tell. And obviously, it was tough for the judges too with the split decision.
1: Yep, I mean that's just—it's like I always think though, just don't leave it up to the judges. You don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you leave it up to the judges, you never know what the heck can happen. Um, yeah. And it, th- it was—I mean, it was—it it was an entertaining enough fight for me. And anyway, I thought—I thought it was a good fight.
1: Yeah, it's, it's what we thought it was going to happen, right? I mean,
0: it was, yeah, pretty much. Like, pretty much how we broke it down.
1: Yeah, like Maya was. In a position all the time that was continually working on trying to get a submission out of Masvidal. Masvidal continually fought it off, just like we said, and then when they stood up, who was going to be the better fighter? And it was Masvidal. Um So I think, but I think one of the flaws in the judging is they, they score or they run the timer for control. And to me, just because you have control, like you might be, like Maya, if he's on... Masvidal's back for th- three minutes or two and a half minutes, they might deem that as control. But does he really have control? I mean, what's he? Unless he is submitting the person, how much control does he really have? I mean, Masvidal what? has a lot of options there to fall back to slam down sideways. I mean, it's one thing when you're clearly on the ground and you have his back or something, or you're in the guard and you and you're on top of him on ground and pound, but is is sitting on the guy's back is that really control
0: yeah i mean it's tough how do you define control mm-hmm. i mean do you can find control like you said ground and pound you know looking for submission on your back or whatever it is or do you define control as you being on his back when he doesn't want you there yeah yep yeah so you know i, I don't know i mean i'm sure if we looked in a rule but control is defined somehow but it just is just from Fan perspective: How do you define control? You know what I mean. It's it's tough it's tough for a fight like that because you know you kind of try to see it both ways. But like you said, I don't know. I mean, I I think I would have been fine with it if it went either way, honestly. Yeah,
1: yeah. To me, it just like I said, it it comes down to when the when the fight is that close. Did the person you know was the person? Did they do the best at their strength? And to me, Masvidal did better at striking, significant strikes, than Maya did at at submitting or getting in position to submit um, Masvidal. Yeah, because
0: it wasn't any, any, it wasn't any really real trouble. Like, no. A lot. There wasn't no. Yeah. There
1: wasn't one point in there where it's like, oh my, you know, oh he's got the arm bar in, or he's got yeah. the guillotine locked. It's you know, and then Masvidal fought it off. It was not. It was never anything like that. I mean, to me, Masvidal was never in trouble of being. Submitted.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's tough. I mean, we could keep bringing up a million things and we could keep bouncing it back and forth, so. Yep. Oh, I wouldn't want to be a judge for that fight, that's for sure. No, I would but
1: probably wouldn't want to be a judge in the UFC, period.
0: Yeah, you're right. You never know. Unless like, you get knocked out, then you got your job easy. Yep,
1: then you're just collecting a paycheck.
0: Uh you're talking about strikes and that reminded me to you brought it up earlier too. want Io- a strike total. I believe she broke her record again for significant strikes in a championship fight. Yeah. Um she I mean she she doubled up her opponent in every round, basically. She more is- than doubled up for sure. So I think the one I was like forty to ten or something crazy like that. So I mean she's just on another level and I mean, the sky's the limit for her with her new management, and if she can keep winning, she can she, go down as one of the best fighters and, you know, come into even more popularity. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which led me to. I know I sent you this in the email, but I think she should no longer be Joanna champion. She definitely needs to be Joanna goat. That's ridiculous. <laughs>
0: yeah, change it up a little bit. Yeah,
1: she's. So. So she threw 230 total strikes that landed. 225 of those were significant 98% of her strikes that landed Were significant strikes
0: that's, Yeah she doesn't mess around
1: That's retarded I mean she's yeah. She,
0: if if she's, if she's throwing something to land It's going to land if, she, if she's throwing something that doesn't land it, it didn't land on purpose Yeah
1: I mean she threw She had more She had 5 less significant strikes land Than Andrade had thrown Total strikes thrown period
0: Yeah, she just doesn't let up. It's 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 amazing to watch. She doesn't get tired. She doesn't let up, and it's
1: again besides the besides not getting the knockout, which I got to look at Andrade and say, wow, she's got to have one hell of a chin for not getting
0: knocked out. But besides the yeah, she went forward. Yeah, she went forward for five rounds and just took took those strikes in the in the chin.
1: Yeah, besides not getting the knockout, that's why. Like I said, I I just think Joanna should have won performance of the night.
0: Yeah, she. She hit her with some, you know, some good kicks that I think really rattled rattled her up inside a little mm-hmm. bit. I just think yeah, I mean it's just continuous just strikes after strikes for 5 rounds. I mean, what do you, I don't know what are you going to do? <laughs> she did she did a good job. I mean, she never gave up. She kept kept coming forward, kept throwing those huge overhand hooks, but yeah. After after a while, those strikes just catch up to you. Yep. Uh, okay, so we covered uh, Maya Masvidal. The Eddie Alvarez-Poirier fight was a little contra- controversial for us. Um, we saw a little bit of the same controversy up in, in Buffalo when we were there live right. um, with the illegal knees being thrown by Eddie because Dallas didn't um, adopt the unified rules yet. So there's a lot of confusion about you know who has the rules, who doesn't have the rules, what even are the rules. I know a lot of fighters aren't even sure. I know a lot of fighters aren't even sure what the rules are. That's what they were talking about on on Hawani's show. Like a lot of them aren't even sure what the rules are. And um,
1: to yeah, me, you're good. Yeah, to me, that's that's your job to know. If you don't know, like
0: I don't know. Well, in their defense, they weren't fighting in 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 Texas that night. So
1: well, no, but somebody's got. I mean, like your trainer, your manager. Somebody's got to let you know, and you've got it. Somebody, you gotta have a guy for that. I mean, how do you not know that? That's
0: well, they well, like like I said in defense, they do. I mean, they, for the people that are fighting that night, I mean, the referees do go in and, and break down the rules for you. I know that, but yeah, you're right. You if if that's your job, you should know the rules. Yeah, I just
1: I don't see huh. why. I just don't see why there's that much confusion. I mean, I know there. There's going to be, because a different state, each state has its own rules, and uh, Dana came out, I believe, and said that, I think somebody asked him whether or not he'll go back to a state that doesn't, hasn't adopted those rules or whatever, and he said, well, I'm not going to limit myself to where I can go, so we just got to figure out, we got to get these other states on board or figure out a way that for UFC events, they could be one way versus another, and... So I mean, it's not to me that just says that the change isn't coming soon. They're not going to go. They're not going to stop going to these different states. So fighters just better be aware ahead of time. And I don't even know if I agreed with um, the knees anyway, because multiple times his hand, his one hand was down, and then even hit him with when, when both hands were down. So to me, Alvarez doesn't even have a leg to stand on because that third one. Poirier's hands were both down on the ground, which makes him a ground opponent in any place, right?
0: Right. I believe. I believe that's a rule. Um, I know. Herb Dean was the ref, and he was on Hawani show to kind of explain what he was thinking. He said he, he let the first one go because he thought he thought Poirier was you know kind of playing kind of playing into that game of mm-hmm. putting his hand down to try to avoid it when, when he knew it was coming. But he said he let the first one go because he didn't, like the way he broke it down is if he, he feels there's pressure on the hand when it's down, he feels and that you're down. But he feels if you're just resting it there to, to avoid the knee, then you're just, you know, you're just playing the game and you're not, it's not actually a down mm-hmm. thing. So that's the way he broke it down. And then he said when the second one hit and he, there was actually weight on his hands and that's when he came in and stopped it because he saw the, the illegal knee come in. Yeah. Um, but but props to him for you know coming on and explaining himself. You never see that from a, a referee in a, any other sport, really. So, but just to the point you were saying, it's it's. I know they interviewed Dana after, and he said, you know, we 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 can't limit ourselves to the places we're going, so this is something we're going to have to deal with in some other way. Yeah,
1: and to me that just marks. I mean, like you said, it's an unfortunate thing, but Alvarez is. To me, it's a second loss. I know it goes in the books as a no contest, but if I were,
0: I, I believe he's appealing that the uh, that ruling as well.
1: Uh, Alvarez is appealing it.
0: No. Um, Poirier. The other guy. Yeah.
1: I was gonna say. There, I was gonna say Alvarez can't appeal anything. I mean, he clearly. Yeah, because he's gonna
0: end up. He's gonna end up with the lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: I don't. Yeah, I think that there's. Um. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely unfortunate, but. Poirier was to me was winning that fight anyway, and I, I think he deserves the victory. But that's not for me to decide, obviously.
0: Yeah, I think I think it right. I think I don't think it won his appeal because nobody ever wins those things. But yeah, in, in a fair world, I think he he would deserve the win. I know Dana mentioned as a as a solu- not a solution, but as a uh, temporary solution anyway, would be to have. You know have replay no matter where they're at so that would be hitch one of his you know ids is thrown around as short-term solutions yeah so they it's... can go to replay quick and and make a decision quick and either get them back in or call it off right there
1: well to me i would say replay is fine but only if it's only if it's definitely if it's quick um but to me, it's only at the end of the match, only if the match is o- or the bout is over. So if they wanted to go to, if they wanted to call that and then say, let's go to replay. Um, and then they see that clearly Alvarez need him with his hands down. And then they wanted to give Poirier the win. That's fine. I don't think that they should go to replay. And even if it takes 30 seconds or if it takes three minutes or five minutes, like some of these you know other sports take, I don't think that they should go back to fighting. Um, I think that it's either, I think it should either, the match should definitely end and then they can go back to replay. I don't like the idea of them sitting and waiting for minute, two minute, three minutes for the, for them to make a decision. That just throws, to me, that throws off the whole fight card because then the, you know, that changes the timing for the next, however many fights are after that. So if they're going to use replay to me, that's fine, but I think they need to just call the fight. And then go to replay to make the decision on on what it means, and not resume the fight three, five, ten minutes after they make a decision.
0: Yeah, that, that's an interesting way to use a replay. You know, only and only in the way to end a fight to make a decision on the fight. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think there would be a way to do it to continue, but you—if it went past five minutes, the fight would have to be over. I think. Yeah. I, I don't know I don't I don't know I'm sure I'm sure they're probably you know probably having the same conversation as we are. How the heck do we use replay and make it fair to you know both both guys involved? Unless they're it, 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 if if they're not gonna end it if they to end it whatever it's ended they just have to go to the thing to make a decision either way if it's a win for whoever or whatever you know.
1: Yeah, because if in in my opinion if you're gonna if you stop the fight and then go to replay that replay doesn't matter it doesn't hurt the card. Timing-wise. Um, but if you're going to use replay to... If you're going to use replay and continue the fight, what I think that my suggestion then would be... Do that, but just don't stop the fight. Um, let the fight continue. Obviously, if, if, if Poirier gets knocked out by that knee, then it doesn't matter. But if Poirier takes an illegal knee, and they still, they get to still fighting, and they want to finish out that round while they're doing the replay... That's fine. And then maybe after the round they say, "Okay, that was an illegal knee, it's over." Or if they deem it not illegal, they just let the fight keep going. But I think that's the only way to do the replay and let it continue now. Obviously, the danger is if somebody takes a knee to the head, are they going well, really to be prepared to continue the fight anyway?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I don't remember exactly, but I think after that second knee, he kind of he kind of, you know, kind of buckled down like he was out. Mm-hmm. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, and then he put it, and then he definitely had both hands on the ground then, and
0: Albert Yeah, I think that, I think that sec, second second he really knocked him out. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it definitely. And I
0: think definitely hurt
1: him at least.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, knocked him out, but I think his hands. You know, his head kind of fell down into his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I don't, like I said, I don't know a lot about the rules. I mean, can they? What is an illegal knee? If they can, can the fight even continue after an illegal knee? Can they dock a point and keep going?
1: I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it ends illegal knees oh, it, are not, illegal knees are not like um you know like a low, low blow blows. or anything. Yeah, low blows they just take a point. Um I think there's probably I well I don't know if there would be any discretion because a, a downed opponent taking a knee to the head is definitely illegal. You know, it's not like an accidental hit to the hit to the crotch. You know, somebody definitely seen that the guy was down and he threw a knee. Um, I think it's to me. I think it's automatic, DQ. But I'm not a hundred percent sure on that.
0: Uh, do you remember when Jones lost for the twelve to six elbows?
1: Um, yeah, I think he. So he was elbowing him in the back of the head. On I mean, back. was
0: that just called? Was that just like they just stopped the fight right there and he lost? Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure he hit him with a couple. But I'm pretty sure he hit him with a couple in a row
0: so yeah so he so the guy probably can continue regardless yeah yeah okay <clears throat> okay so you see like i said i wasn't even watching back then so yeah. so that's interesting that's definitely a conversation like i said i'm sure they're having as well how the heck do we use replay and how the heck do we get the rules unified everywhere Yeah. um that's all the notes I have. Anything else you want to cover on the card?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I I really, just as a side note, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I really enjoyed the, um, the Joe Knight and uh, Chaz Skelly fight. That was the one that was on before Alvarez Poirier. Um, and I really enjoyed the Sherman. Coulter fight which we did talk, talk about a little bit and i would love to see yep. a fight like that on the main car on the main pay-per-view card every time because those to yeah, get those
0: guys on every 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 weekend right
1: yep those guys just <laughs> they went in there they threw bombs the whole time uh sherman destroyed Coulter's leg and Coulter was still throwing haymakers i mean he didn't even care yeah. he was just <laughs> he was just wing i thought they were going to call it because he couldn't even walk and it didn't matter. He was on one foot hobbling and throwing haymakers the whole time. So, And then Sherman did a little bit of everything. He had some power kips, kicks. He obviously had some power punches, and then he finished them off with that elbow. Um, I think that it was a little bit of Coulter was just like, oh, man, I'm so dead right now that I'll take any anything that he hits me with, I'm going to fall over. Yeah. <laughs> but because it didn't, to me, the watching it live, it did look like he had a lot of force behind it. It just kind of looked like he was just throwing it and it hit it connected obviously and he dropped down um like crazy but yeah i thought uh i thought that fight in this in the knight and skelly fight was really good and obviously knight won performance of the night for that and sherman Coulter won the fight of the night so they so all three of those guys um got paid out of that and um <clears throat> so yeah that was just my comment on that i think after the fight, there Skelly. After the fight, Skelly, and then Gabriel Benitez, who was on the early prelims. Those two guys um, are medically suspended now for th- for three months, I believe. So that oh, must they, be they... concussion. Those must be concussion related. Everybody else came out of it pretty clean. Um, you know, medical suspensions. Those are those are. uh based off of how much damage
0: each person takes so yeah those are those are pretty common coming out of every card
1: yeah so i think i think everybody's suspended for five or ten days i think is like the minimum and then after that it's it's based off of damage so um benitez and skelly were the only two that had the three months i believe it was three months but everybody else was you know, some were 20 days, some were 30 days, um, but most of them were just a handful of days. Like like Ioana and Miacich, like I think they they got suspended for five days, and that's just, you know, that's typical. That's there's nothing new there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the norm. And you're right; those those fights were definitely exciting, and I'm sure the energy in the I'm sure the energy in that arena was great after those two fights. Really got the crowd up and mm-hmm. kept them going the rest of the night. So yeah. That was a great card, like we said. Um, the next, I believe, the next card is two twelve. I don't think there's any fight nights between now and then. So,
1: Um, I think there's probably something Isn't Gustafson?
0: I don't know. I'm looking at my schedule, and I don't have a fight night until the week after two twelve.
1: Gustafson Teixeira is May twenty eighth.
0: Okay, so that's um, that's the week before. Yeah, that's, right? okay. That's the week before two twelve. You're mm-hmm. right. All right, yeah. so we'll have we'll have a two twelve uh, breakdown. Uh, we'll mention fight nights so if there's any good flights, right, but we're not gonna devote a lot of time to those. I don't think. Yeah,
1: and I think those well, they're just not the same firepower. And I think I was looking at two twelve the other day, and I think it's really interesting that the way you can break it down because two twelve, in my opinion um might even be greater in terms of the fighters fighting than two eleven was. And everybody thought two eleven was great, which it was I mean it definitely performed how we want it, how we want a pay per view to perform. But I think there's a lot of challengers. There's only one championship fight in two twelve and that's Holloway and Aldo. But Gedalia fights Carolina I can't even say her last name, but she's Polish. Um, and then like Vitor Belfort fights Nate Marquardt, and those aren't that's not like a high-ranking match, but everybody knows who Vitor Belfort is. I mean, so it's kind of like a little bit different for a 212, where there's a lot of names that um, people are familiar with versus the young talent from last uh, from 211, and obviously with the Silva fight not there anymore, it's a little bit different, but. If Silva was in there, this would be another you know pretty big card, but with the Silva fight not being included, two twelve kind of got pushed down a little bit from from that
0: yeah two twelve is is a good card, but it's not definitely not as good and I'd just like to mention um Frankie with a good win over yeah yeah Rodriguez kind of beat his eye up rocky style didn't have Mickler to cut him but that was a doctor stoppage, so shout-out to Clarion, Frankie Yeager. That was a good performance by him. And that's it for 211. Unless you got anything else.
1: Yeah, just one more thing. Um, there was only one of us who were 4-for-4. Four four
0: oh, that's right. Definitely that's wasn't right. me. That's right. Um, according to our numbers, I went 4-for-4 four four on our pick, so going to try to make it whatever eight for eight ten for ten or whatever on on 212 so we'll see see what i can do i'm kind of an expert so follow me <laughs> uh we're doing we did good in our picks other than the golf but that's all right
1: yeah our golfers let us down
0: speaking of picks we have some preakness picks i believe from louisville alex
1: yep louisville alex came half came through we'll give him half credit for this one cause...
0: He, yeah, he contributed was, we'll, give, we'll give
1: him a Hockey assist the Hockey assist Yeah um, So he He sent me a little Message on On the Preakness Um So If you want You want
0: me to just Go into it then Uh Yeah just break Give us Give us the Louisville Alex Breakdown
1: Alright Louisville Alex's Breakdown is Um And I'll read Word for word Uh I think it's a Toss up between Always Dreaming And Classic Empire They say Pace makes the race, and Always Dreamin' should be able to have it exactly how he wants it. Um, I don't see anyone out front with him that's going to push him. Conquest Mo Money should be out with him, but I think Always Dreamin' still beats him. Um, Classic Empire should improve in his third start off the injury. He ran pretty solid at the Derby with a horrible trip. I think Conquest Mo Money holds, holds on for a piece. Um, or at the at the very worst, fourth, uh, <clears throat> multiplayer is my favorite of the new shooters, new shooters obviously being new horses in the event. Uh, he ran a pretty impressive time for a one and one eighth track in the Illinois Derby. He should be closing like a freight train. If I was betting to win money, I'd go multiplayer, classic empire, always dreaming, and or conquest no money. Um... And then he goes on to say, "I think Always Dreaming is is most likely to win, but he definitely wouldn't bet him because his odds are four to five, so there's just no money in it." Um, right.
0: No reason to bet.
1: Yeah, and then he thinks uh, this is always the toughest of the three for the Triple Crown, and if he manages to win this, um, he's going to win the next race. So that's Alex's. Is this,
0: is this? Is this the longest of the three? I don't think so. Okay. The. The Belmont, or this is the Belmont, you No, know, the Belmont's long, I guess, right?
1: Uh yeah, it must be, because this is. I think this yeah. one's a quarter length shorter than the Derby.
0: Oh, okay. So who did out, like?
1: Uh, yeah. So go, so going back to, um, Alex's picks there.
0: Picks, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: He says, um, so he he's he's thinking that if he was betting to win money, his trifecta would be would include either. Multiplayer, Classic Empire, Always Dreaming, or Conquest Mo Money, but his personal pick to win it all is uh, Multiplayer. Or, or I'm right. sorry, his personal he thinks he thinks Always Dreaming is going to win it all, but of the new horses, if anyone's going to win it, it's Multiplayer. multiplayer.
0: Okay, so good good breakdown from Louisville. I like his quote. They say that pace makes the race. I think that's the name of the episode. Yep. Pace makes the race.
1: Yeah, and there's, I think I was counting, there's four horses that were in the, no, I'm sorry, there's five of the ten. So this is obviously a smaller field. The Derby was 20 horses deep. Um, and then in the Preakness now, there's five new horses. Uh the ones who raced in the Derby were always dreaming. Classic Empire, looking at Lee, um Gunavera and Hence. Hence, yeah. I think the rest are our new guy our new horses. Um so my guy my horse from last one, Gormley, is not in this one.
0: So No, he didn't make the trip up to Where's the pregnancy at? Maryland, right? Uh Baltimore, yep. Yep. So. Yeah, so that's interesting. So I, I I put three horses here. If I was gonna bet a better trifecta just for fun. I have Gunavera, hence, and Classic Empire.
1: Yeah, not bad. I would have I would have uh always dreaming cloud compute cloud computing and then multiplayer.
0: Alright, so if you're feeling crazy, if you're close to a, a betting place try one of our trifectas and if you win donate some of that money to us exactly um yeah so that's it for the Preakness we've always came through gave us some insight um just some updates we talked about some stuff earlier uh penguins lost 5-1 to one. cavaliers won 117-104 so they covered, they were, only, they were favored by five, so they definitely covered. Um, a personal update, the Yankees are winning 11-4. to four. And any updates down there in Pittsburgh? Um,
1: no. Not that no Andy Vos
0: in Atlanta, that's an update for everybody.
1: You know, this is the third week in a row, Vo got a shout-out in this thing, so.
0: <laughs> he's doing, he's making moves, man, we got to. I think he's Gotta uh, tell the people I
1: think he better find that uh, Pay page And donate some Coin
0: Yeah maybe Maybe he'll He'll donate some of that Good Georgia money Yeah Well he's Some, some Tennessee dollars For us Oh man So that's it Boston's tied to St. Louis And the 10th
1: Yeah I've seen that Um Yankees destroyed KC.
0: Yeah, I gave that update. Um, that's it. Tomorrow, when you'll be listening to this, I guess we'll give you a rundown of what'll be happening. Um, listen to this tomorrow morning. Uh, there's no basketball tomorrow, so sorry about that. Um, I believe the Western hockey game is tomorrow. There's probably some baseball on. Um weather would probably be nice. So go out do some stuff. Um, I don't know. Mow your lawn and listen to the podcast.
1: Yeah. What he
0: said. That's it, that's all I got. Anything over there, T
1: No, just searching ESPN now, so
0: Yeah, if anything crazy happens we'll tweet it. Um, we'll keep you guys updated as best we can. Yep. Uh, that's it. Like our page, go to our website, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we'll get that link out to you to, um, if you want to donate, if you're a nice person. Or if you just want to say what's up, we're cool with that too. Um, (laughs) yeah, we'll be back next week. Oh, you're good. What do you got? And
1: and go to ch79pod.wordpress.com and check out the Channel 79 Talent page.
0: Yeah, the Talent page is nice. I like it. Everybody that's on has a little write up about them. Um, We're gonna add, obviously, gonna add more of that while more people get on. Hopefully, we get some some more of our our friends on, some cool people on, and we'll keep updating that page. It's a good page. I like it. Um, So we'll keep that going for everybody. And that's it. We'll be back next week. Uh, We don't have anything to talk about yet, so send us some ideas and we'll put together a good show for you. Bye.